Well, good morning. So last week we started a four-week series on Ruth, and this is week two, and we're not going to be talking about Ruth. Um, I'm not sure what the plan is going forward, if we'll get back to Ruth chapter two or not, perhaps we will. Um, I'm going to talk about the Good Samaritan today, Uh, but as I was preparing for this last night and also read through the second chapter of Ruth, um, I think there are some similarities. So I would encourage you, uh, go home today, read Ruth chapter 2, and then kind of read it in light of what we talked about here this morning, because I think there are some connections. Um, The title for the sermon this morning uh, was originally, it had something to do with faithfulness, and I think that's something that we will certainly run across this morning. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I'm going to start just with a a video clip here. Maybe it wasn't, because I made the mistake of trying to tell a story about having only two wisdom teeth pulled, and I learned a lesson. I walked on the moon. (laughs) All right, well, a situation that I think is familiar to many of us, we've seen it before, um... I, in fact, had five wisdom teeth, so... Um, or not... But I've, I relate, because I uh, I've, know I've done exactly that, right? And it's a familiar situation. And so we ask ourselves the question, why? Why do we do this? Because we see it happen. We want to top other people. We want to tell a better story than the person before us. And I think at least part of it has to do... Um, with this idea that we want to just be accepted. We want people to accept us. We want people to love us. Um, And we have this idea, and we need to tell a bigger and a better story. And this is just a, a tendency we see in all sorts of other ways as well. As humans, we think that we need to look for love, and we need to look through acceptance through our actions. And so when things are going well at work, things are going well at school, Things are going well with our families. We're accomplishing our goals. In those moments, maybe we feel like we're worth something. But then we get to the moments when we fail the exam, when things aren't going so well with our spouse, or we get passed up for a promotion at work. And suddenly, our sense of self-worth takes a dive. See, all of us have this human desire to be loved and accepted. But unfortunately, we we think that in order to achieve this acceptance, we need to show that we're better than the people around us. It's a deep need inside of all of us to be loved, and not just to be loved, but actually to be loved unconditionally. To be loved not just for what I do, but to be loved for who I am. We want to be loved even when we're failing, even when we can't seem to do anything right. Oprah Winfrey, she summed up this condition well in a a magazine interview. She said, there was a time when I discovered that I didn't feel like I was worth anything, and certainly not worthy of love unless I was accomplishing something. I suddenly realized that I've never felt loved just for being. So 
So let's turn to our passage this morning. It's in Luke chapter 10, page 734, if you've got uh, one of the chair Bibles. And we'll begin with verse 25. Luke tells us, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine And then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three, or yeah, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So in looking at this story, this parable, I want to start with a simple question. Who's the person looking for love in this story? I think there's at least two answers to that question. The first one is maybe maybe easy to to spot. We've got this man who's walking from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's robbed. He's left for dead at the side of the road. And he needs love. Love in the sense that he's got immediate physical needs that need to be met. He needs someone to care for him. He needs the love of this Samaritan who will rescue him from the side of the road. And the Samaritan does show love. He does it in some very tangible ways. He treats his wounds. He takes them to an inn. He pays for the man's recovery. The Samaritan was legitimately concerned about another person's well-being. He saw his worth and he acted upon this conviction. It's important to note, I think, that this love was not shown because of something that this man had done. Based on our understanding of the cultures of the time, the Jewish man and the Samaritan man would have been enemies. 
And in any other circumstance, the wounded man would have likely despised the Samaritan. And yet despite these differences, the Samaritan shows love, an unconditional kind of love to his neighbor. And so we have the parable itself. But I think there's someone else in this story who needs love and acceptance. There's this teacher of the law who comes to Jesus. And Luke tells us in verse 29 that this man wanted to justify himself. He comes to Jesus to test him, probably trying to trap him in his words. He asks Jesus what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. And then Jesus turns the question around on him. And when he answers and says that a person must love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself, at that moment, it was no doubt clear to the teacher of the law that he had at times fallen short of this requirement. And yet he wanted to justify himself. He wanted to be loved and accepted, and he wanted to earn this acceptance by his own means. And so, knowing that he didn't keep the requirement fully, but also knowing that he did love some people, he loved those close to him, he loved those who loved him in return. And so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Probably hoping that the definition of neighbor will include those that he already loves. But as Jesus tells the parable, it becomes apparent that what Jesus is calling him to is something more. It's not simply enough to love those who are easy to love. He's being called to love the dirty, broken man on the side of the road. And he's being called to love his enemy, the Samaritan. And so the point is made to the teacher, it is clear that you cannot be justified by your own actions. If you're going to find love and acceptance in the eyes of God, it's not going to be because of your own accomplishments. So how do we fit into this story? Well, are we able to perfectly live out Jesus' command in this parable? The command that we should love everyone? even our enemies, in order to inherit eternal life? Are you and I able to earn God's love through our own actions? Well, I would suggest that what this parable is telling us is that we cannot. And yet, despite this, it is common, at least for myself, that I continue to look for love and acceptance through my own actions. We've got this tendency, I think, in the church to think that if we read our Bibles, if we pray once a day, if we go to church every Sunday, then God is going to love us more. And so like the teacher of the law, we try to justify ourselves and to earn God's love. And yet it is the good news of the gospel that we have a different way. We have a better way. God shows us his unconditional love through Jesus on the cross. And here he shows us a love that is not dependent on our actions, 
a love that is available for all people if they will simply accept it. God's love shows up to us like the Samaritan in the parable in an unconditional and unexpected way. Paul explains this to us in Romans chapter 5. He tells us that it's a righteous person for a good person. Although for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God does something different. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so if we're looking for a love that doesn't depend on our actions, if, like Oprah, we want to be loved just for being, then through Christ, God declares that we can find that kind of love and acceptance in the God who created us. A God who created us in his image, a God who looked at this creation and said, it is good. And then even when we turned away from him again and again, even when our actions in no way deserved it, God still said, I love you and I'll die for you. And so my invitation to you this morning is this. Stop looking for justification in yourself. Stop looking for love and acceptance through your own actions and accept God's unconditional love, his undeserved love. And then, and then with this understanding of God's love for us, we can start to live out the rest of the parable. Once we've accepted God's love, that is when we can live as the Samaritan who did the unexpected by loving the one that everyone thought he could never love. It's by understanding God's love for us that we are then empowered to love those around us. So that no longer do we only love those who are close to us or those who have shown themselves worthy of our love, but we realize that we are called to love those who are beaten and thrown to the side of the road. And so we do as a Samaritan. We take care of practical needs. We care for those who need our care. And what's more, we can love those that may be the Samaritans in our own lives, those that the world has taught us that we're supposed to hate. Because we see ourselves as loved and accepted by God despite our actions, we are no longer afraid to be associated with those who are outcasts. You see, our feeling of self-worth Our feeling of lovability is no longer determined by our own accomplishments. And so that's not the standard that we need to use to decide who we will love either. By his example, Jesus, and to love those around us with this same kind of love. On our own, we will never live up to the standard that Jesus sets out for us in the parable of the Good Samaritan. But through Jesus... God has demonstrated that kind of love to us. And so let's follow his example in loving those around us, even starting just this week. Would you pray with me? Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we desire to be loved 
we desire to be accepted. And so often it is easy for us to look for that through the things that we do ourselves. And God, so often we fall short. But God, I thank you that you are a God that has shown yourself to be faithful. That you were faithful to Ruth in her time. That you, will, that you were faithful through Jesus dying on the cross. And so God, I pray that we would accept that love and that through your spirit, your love would work in us to help us love those around us. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name.